Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Royal Watcher podcast. My name is Saad Salman. I'm a Royal commentator, the founder and editor of the Royal Watcher, and a Royal contributor for L.com. To start us off this week, I'll be talking about the Royal response to the coronavirus. Before that, I'd like to state that I urge you all to follow precautionary measures and hope all of you are safe and healthy at home these days. Almost all of the royal families have been affected by the virus. In Japan, Princess Aiko, the only daughter of Emperor Naruhito and Empress Masako, had to attend her high school graduation alone, while the Danish crown princely family returned earlier than planned from their stay in Switzerland, where their children were supposed to be studying for a few more weeks. Crown Princess Elizabeth of Belgium returned to Belgium from her school in Wales, and the Belgian royal family later made waffles for nearby nursing homes, also calling lonely older people isolated at home. The Dutch royal family are in self-isolation after returning from their state visit to Indonesia and their annual swing holiday in Austria, as are King Harald and Queen Sonia of Norway after returning from their state visit to Jordan. In Britain, the Queen is in isolation with the Duke of Edinburgh at Windsor Castle, while the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall are at Balmoral in Scotland. In Malaysia, while in isolation, Queen Aziza and the palace staff have been busy cooking meals for healthcare workers, which are then being distributed to hospitals around Kuala Lumpur. A few days ago, it was announced that Prince Albert of Monaco has tested positive for the COVID-19 virus, and more recently, it was announced that the Prince of Wales was also tested positive. The both of them are said to be doing well. Archduke Karl I Habsburg was the first royal to be infected by the virus, and he has made a full recovery. And it has also been revealed that Prince Antonio, Prince Francisco, and Prince Alberto of Orléans, Braganza have all tested positive for the COVID-19 virus and are currently undergoing treatment in Brazil. Almost all of the sovereigns around Europe have given speeches addressing the crisis surrounding the global pandemic, and they have also given tributes to healthcare workers stopping the crisis like the Dutch and British royal families clapping for health cares. It was actually really adorable to see how Prince George, Prince Charlotte, and Prince Louis uh, clapping for the health care and got a really unprecedented view into their personal life. We have also gotten a unique glimpse of royals working from home, since almost all current and upcoming royal engagements have been postponed or cancelled. In the UK, the Queen has cancelled all of the 2020 garden parties, along with the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, for which the Duke of Cambridge was to be the Lord High Commissioner and reside in Edinburgh for the week of the proceedings, as well as the Royal Windsor Horse Show, which has been cancelled. Investitures are postponed, as is Princess Beatrice's wedding, the Japanese state visit, and the Invictus game, while the VE Day 75th anniversary commemorations are to be moved from May to August, coinciding with the WJ Day 75th anniversary commemorations. Further announcements on Trooping the Color, Garter Day, and Royal Ascot will be made in due course, though it's quite likely that they will be cancelled at this point. Queen Margrethe of Denmark's lavish 80th birthday celebrations in April, which had promised to be the most glittering event of the year with royal guests coming from all over and at least three tiara events, have been cancelled. I was on an exchange semester in Denmark, a location I chose mainly to be able to witness the birthday celebrations, but have been recalled back to Canada by my university after circumstances rapidly changed in the past few days. While the coronavirus may be the dominating news in the world for months to come, 2020 has not been devoid of other big royal stories. The year began with an announcement by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex that they plan to carve out a progressive new role in the royal family which, while not entirely unexpected, was a drastic step that only got worse in the coming weeks. Despite being asked to comment on this matter dozens of times by the media, 
I have made it a point not to reveal my personal feelings on the subject. However, my one take is that the whole situation was spectacularly mishandled by the Deacon Duchess, and I first and foremost blame their advisors for this. It is important to remember that Prince Harry had only been a working member of the royal family for a few months when he got engaged to Meghan in late 2017. The past two years have been a journey for the two of them, and they should have been properly advised when carving out their new roles. Harry and Meghan championed great initiatives and had the potential to do a lot of good. However, the way their communication was managed was quite awful and did them no favors. The way their exit was managed was an even bigger disaster, which didn't portray them in a good light. I wish them well and look forward to seeing how their new life will progress. I live on Vancouver Island, where the family has been residing for the past few months, and have been quite proud of the way my community has allowed the couple to maintain their privacy through what has been the biggest news story of the past few months. Other sad announcements include the announcements of the divorce of Peter and Autumn Phillips, the Queen's grandson and his Canadian wife, and the divorce of the Earl and Countess of Snowden, the Queen's nephew and his aristocratic wife. While the news is quite sad, both couples have amicably parted, and we've even seen Peter and Autumn attending the races together recently. In Luxembourg, the Grand Ducal Court was rocked by the investigation into mistreatment of staff by the Grand Duchess, which has not yet been fully resolved. However, the news is not all that sad or scandalous, and we still have quite a few things to look forward to, like the birth of the royal baby in Luxembourg, the weddings of Princess Beatrice of York and Princess Theodore of Greece, which both promise to be major royal occasions, and I'm also hoping that Queen Margaret may reschedule her birthday celebrations and have some big events later this year. We've also gotten news of the birth of a new Princess Bhutan, which is great news in these trying times. From a very busy January and February to a slow March and a very uncertain next few months, Royal Watching has been quite a journey this year. I've been playing the Royal Watcher podcast since last summer, and I would have never imagined that it would be launched at a time like now. As most of us are locked in these days, I'm hoping to have a series of guests on the podcast in the next few weeks talking about our sure love of royalty. We won't only be talking about current or future royal events, but also be discussing glittering royal events of the past, royal jewels, which are my specialty, fashion, orders and insignia, and all other royal-related topics. Since these are unique circumstances, there will not be a specific posting schedule like I planned yet, and instead I'll try to have new episodes out as frequently as possible. If you'd like to be a guest or would like me to discuss a particular royal topic, please message me on social media or send me an email at royalwatcher at hotmail.com. You can find me at S-A-A-D-S-A-L-M-A-N-719 on Twitter, at the underscore royal underscore watcher on Instagram, as well as royalwatcherblog.com. Please use the hashtag royalwatcherpodcast on social media and tell me what you want me to talk about in the future episodes. Also share where and how you're listening to this episode and what you thought about the first episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay at home. Thank you for listening, and I hope to talk to you again soon.